Everybody wants to be successful at everything, but how do you measure success in retirement? Is that success based solely on your account value, or is there some other measuring stick? On today's show, I'm going to give you a few other ways to measure success in retirement, things that you actually have control over. Let's jump in. It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to the My Retirement Clarity Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Lee Perkins, and we work with a lot of people, of course, here around my hometown of Macon, Georgia. And as this show grows, we've now got clients all over the country, so we appreciate you guys tuning in and reaching out to us. So even though all of these clients are different, they pretty much have one thing in common. They hate taxes as much as I do, and they're taking steps now not to tip the IRS. And so if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, please reach out to us. We'd love to to chat with you and have a conversation with you about your situation. And of course, you can learn a lot more about who we are, what we do at MyRetirementClarity.com. So today's show is going to be a good one because we're going to try to help you think a little bit outside of the box. But before I jump into today's show content, can I just tell you a little bit about the weekend that I had last weekend. It, it was so good, I thought I'd share a little bit about it with you. So two Thursdays ago, um, as I record this, it is Monday, May the 1st. Two Thursdays ago, I went to St. Simon's to, to play in a pickleball tournament there on that Saturday. So I was going to leave on Thursday, just get there a little bit early so I could stop in Statesboro and play golf with my son, who is in, in school at Georgia Southern. So it turns out the, the course wound up being closed that day. So I stopped off in McCray on the way and, and just played around a golf at the state park there all by myself. And that's not something that I usually do, but man, I, ha- I had a blast. Uh, I was able to work on some things as I'm trying to get a little bit better at golf. And so I actually played pretty well for me. So I got down to St. Simon's later that night, and actually before St. Simon's, I stopped in a small town called Darien, had some of the best fried shrimp I've ever had uh, from a place that I'd never, that I'd, I mean, I've never been there. I've heard about it, but never been there before. It's called, I think it's called BJ's Steak and Seafood. It was really good. So then Friday, I spent most of the day hanging out with some friends who are considering buying a place down there. So I just sort of showed them around, around the island kind of what what I know about it, and then um, we had a very nice dinner Friday night at Crab Daddy's. It's one of my favorite places there. And of course, on Saturday, we, we had a pickleball tournament. I, I didn't play very well at all. My partner and I did wind up getting a bronze medal, so third isn't too bad, and we had a great time. He played way better than I did. Um, I know I talk a little bit about pickleball probably too much on this show, but if you've never done it, man, do yourself a favor and plug in somewhere. It is, it's a blast. So then Thursday night, had dinner at a nice restaurant, another group of friends at a place called Fiddler's. And, and then Sunday morning, I drove home but stopped in Statesboro on Sunday to get in that round of golf with my son. 18 holes in a golf cart without distractions, just having good conversations with a, you know, a kid that's growing up. Man, it, it was a blast. It was just a great weekend. It was a, a fantastic weekend to, to get away and do some really cool things. Uh, my wife and daughter stayed home 
because they had some other things already planned. And of course, Pam has never watched me play one minute of pickleball. So she wasn't interested in going there for the tournament. But it was a great weekend for me. And I hope you are finding ways to stay active and stay busy as well. So that story turns out to be a, a good segue into today's topic, which is how do you measure success in retirement? And like I said at the beginning, chances are people have not probably not really thought too much about this. So I want to talk you through this and hopefully provide some clarity on some of the things that you might start to measure going forward. So I think when you think about retirement success or measuring success in retirement, most people measure it by one of four things, their money, uh, their time, their self-worth, and then their ideal days. And so I'm going to start off with money because I think that's the one that everybody seems to be really interested in. It's also the one that we've got the least amount of control over. And in my experience, the people who measure their success in retirement strictly based on how much money they have may not have as fulfilling of a retirement as other people. Now, don't get me wrong. They've, you know, they've got a lot of money and certainly that provides some level of security and it probably keeps them from having problems that other people may have, but it doesn't automatically equate to happiness or, or success. If I meet with somebody and I hadn't seen them in a year or so and I ask them how the year's been and they tell me it was a good year because their account was up or if it was a bad year because their account went down, I usually try to dig a little bit deeper to find out if it was really a good year or a bad year for them. Um, and was it really because their money made or lost? Um, and almost every time the ending balance of their account at the end of the year had absolutely nothing to do with their true level of success during that year. So for most of these folks, they didn't change how much money they spent. They didn't go on additional trips or take less trips because of what the balance showed. They're just defaulting to the the monetary measuring stick for success. And, and I don't think that's always a bad thing, but if that's the only way you measure success, you're probably going to go through some periods of times where you're not really happy because you can't control what the stock market does. You're, you're sort of at the mercy of what the news of the day has to offer and, and how that impacts the stock market. So I would rather you measure your success in retirement in one of the other three ways that I talked about. So the first one is time. And I've always said that time is our most valuable resource. It is the one thing that we cannot get more of. Sure, we can adjust you know, how we spend the time that we have and maybe make better use of it, but you can't get more of it. Um, it's just 24 hours in a day. You can always go get more money. It's pretty easy to replace, but you can't get more time. So once you retire, you've got this, this newfound gift of time affluence. You're no longer constrained by the hours that you gave to whatever your career was. So for many retirees, one of the first things they do is spend, spend time doing you know some of the things that they dreamed of doing when they were working, but they didn't have time to do. So, it, I mean, it could be a a hobby like golf or, or pickleball or, or working in the garden or maybe spending more time with the kids or, or grandkids or going on trips. It's different for everybody, but we all fill our time with the things that are most important to us. Now, I want to caution you against just having one thing to do in retirement. You can't play golf all day every day um, and be fulfilled. You may be for a little bit, uh, but I imagine eventually you'll wind up getting burned out. Uh, and I know some folks that this has happened to. They wound up 
having to try to find something else to do to, in order to be happy. And, and also for you travelers, you can only go on so many trips. It also costs a lot of money to travel. But, you know, if you can afford it, you know, and you've budgeted consistent travel into your your whole retirement plan and it's financially feasible for you to take 10 or 12 trips a year, go for it. Uh, but for most people, they, they don't want to wind up becoming full-time travelers. They have to find things here at home or where they live to sort of fill that time. So again, I would also caution you um, against not doing anything with your time. Now, I, I'm, I'm all in favor of you once you retire, take a month or two off and don't do anything. Just relax, rest, and sort of reflect on you know, what you've done over your lifetime and now this next phase of your life. And eventually you'll figure out a way to fill that time. But I want you to be productive. Don't sit around and watch TV or surf the internet or browse Facebook all day. That's, that's just not a good use of your time. And remember, all of our days are numbered. We've got no idea how long we've, we, you know, how many days we have left. Uh, so make the most of them, you know, especially while you're young enough and, and healthy enough to enjoy them. Hey folks, Lee Perkins here. If you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, you know how much I hate taxes, and I know you probably do too. Our politicians are completely out of control. Their spending is off the chart, and you've got to be prepared for increasing taxes in the future. So we've written a book called Diffuse, Seven Steps to Protecting Your 401k or IRA from the Ticking Tax Time Bomb. You're going to want to grab a copy of this book and learn how you can protect yourself. Then you'll have to decide if you want to take action right now or if you'd rather wait until the IRS changes the rules of the game. Either way, the choice is yours. To get a free copy of the book, just text the word DEFUSE to 478-475-2050. That's D-E-F-U-S-E to 478-475-2050 and we'll send you a free copy. Thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. The next way I want you to measure success is your self-worth, or maybe a way that I see people measuring their success, and that's their self-worth. And this is something that I think people really kind of overlook, Uh, but I had a conversation with somebody within the last two weeks that told me that they they really got to a point where they were a little bit bored, Uh, almost like they didn't feel useful anymore. They had, you know, done a lot of things right when they first retired. They went on trips, spent time with their grandkids and, you know, knocked out all the, the projects around the house. But eventually they wound up getting fairly bored. And so this lady told me that, you know, she really started having doubts about her own self-worth because nobody really needed her anymore. She was a pretty high level uh, person at the job that she had before she retired. And there were a lot of people that depended on her. But once she retired, nobody needed her in, in that work capacity anymore. And so her self-worth took a real hit. And that is a real thing. It happens all the time. But so she told me what she's doing now. She's volunteering for an organization that, that she sort of developed a passion for. She's going there a couple days a week, just kind of helping them with whatever they need. Now, she's not getting paid, and she doesn't expect anything like that. But it gives her a little bit of purpose, and it, it's helped her self-esteem tremendously. And and I, th- I think this is an area that, again, sometimes we underestimate. So this might be something that you want to consider as you approach retirement, or even if you're already there, find something to do that gives you purpose. Now, the last way for you to measure success in retirement to me is really sort of the best one. And that's how many ideal days did you have throughout the year? 
So I don't know what an ideal day looks like for you. You know, when I, when I was in my 20s and I was a single guy, you know, I played competitive softball, played a lot of golf, played some tennis, just anything athletic or sporting event-wise, I was there. I didn't have a whole lot of responsibilities other than you know, my job and, and paying, you know, paying my mortgage and a car payment. I wasn't married at the time, so I had no kids, no other responsibilities. So every day I could pretty much just do whatever it was that I wanted to do. So my best friend and I, we would always have the conversation back then about what a perfect day looked like. So he was married and I was dating his wife's sister. So we sort of, we all did everything together. So back then for us, a perfect day was getting up, going and playing three or four games of softball, then eating lunch at whatever our favorite restaurant was back in the day. And, and probably back then it was JL's Barbecue or Sonny's Barbecue. Um, then we'd go play 18 holes of golf. Then we'd go to their house, grill steaks, and, and watch a movie. You know, I can't remember exactly what it was back then, but you get the picture. Now, an ideal day for me now has certainly changed a lot since I was 20s. You know, I don't play softball uh, anymore, so that doesn't really appeal to me. Um, sometimes back then I used to want to play 36 holes of golf in a day, but I don't think I could do that anymore, um, you know, at 53 years old. So what an ideal day for me looks like right now. I'm not 100% sure, but that weekend trip that I shared about playing golf with my son and, and pickleball in St. Simons might not be an ideal day, uh, mainly probably because my wife and daughter weren't there, but it was pretty darn close. Um, so, and I know that was a four day weekend and not a single day, but hopefully you get the picture. So here's what I want you to think about as I sort of wrap this up. I want you to imagine what your ideal day is and who are the people that you would want to be around you on that ideal day. It might be your spouse. It might be your grandkids or kids or whoever it is or whatever it's doing. In my opinion, your goal needs to be to have as many of those days as possible. Do whatever you have to do to make it happen. And I'll tell you, they don't, they don't just happen unless you plan for it to happen. So be proactive. Put it on the calendar. So think about this way. Here's a scenario. Let's assume you had a million dollars saved in your retirement on January the 1st of 2022. So this was last year. And then the market goes down and on you know December 31st of the same year, you, you only had $850,000 in your account. It's not a whole lot of fun. I get that. However, what if during that year you were able to experience your perfect day or your perfect days 10 or 15 times or 20 times all throughout the year? Would you consider that to be a good year for you? I know I would. I absolutely would. So you know what my goal is? would be for the next year, if this was me and that was my situation, I'd try to have 20 of those days or 25 of those days. Make each year better than the one before. So, you see, we certainly can't control anything else. We can't control the stock market, but we can absolutely control the number of ideal days that we have. So, anyway, that's it for today. Maybe just a little bit of a motivational pep talk to get you out of the house and doing whatever it is that brings you joy. I hope this has been helpful for you, and I hope you have a great rest of the week and an ideal day very, very soon. Take care, and we'll catch you next time. Lee Perkins here, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the show today. If you like our podcast, we would be honored if you would share the show with others. And one great way to do that is by posting the show to your social media pages or by just telling others about it. Either way, 
we would really appreciate it. And of course, if you do enjoy the show, we would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star review. And this certainly helps other people like you find our show. And if you want to learn a little more about our firm and how we help people have the best retirement they can possibly have, go check us out at www.myretirementclarity.com. There are a lot of great resources that you can access directly on the website. And of course, if you want to have a conversation with me, you can visit www.talkwithlee.com. And this will take you directly to my calendar. And there you can schedule a 15-minute phone call so I can learn a little bit more about your situation. Of course, everybody is not a great fit for our firm, but if I think we can add value and put you in a better situation, I'll let you know and we can certainly talk about the next steps. So thanks again for tuning into the show and we'll catch you next time. Investment advisory services are offered by JL Perkins Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor and insurance agency. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, legal, or investment advice. Always consult with a qualified tax, legal, or investment professional before taking any action.